morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We had Monday night football last night, so we'll definitely be talking about a little bit about that. I'll be breaking down some of the injuries that happened this week as we dive into the waiver wire as well. So plenty to talk about this morning, so why don't we sit back? Why don't we relax? Why don't we sip our coffee? And let's enjoy this show. Good morning, everyone in the chat. How's it going, Anthony? How's it going, Alan? How's it going, country? How's it going, everyone over on the Instagram and everyone not chatting as well? I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful morning. And I hope that that feeds into a wonderful rest of your day. But, but... That's not what we're here for. We're not here to hype you up, not here to give you all the good days and all that fun stuff. We're here to talk about football. And last night, last night we had the 49ers take on the San Francisco 49ers. If you'll recall, Friday's episode, I pinned this one as an upset pick. So I finally got one right. (laughs) I finally got one right, ladies and gentlemen. I did it. I did it. And what a game this was. I mean, it it ultimately came down to Brock Purdy not looking like the Brock Purdy we have been getting used to, which is interesting. I think that that's definitely the biggest storyline to take out of this game right now, or this game in particular. Brock Purdy finished 21 of 30, 272 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. You go back to last week against the Browns. He had a touchdown and and an interception, a less than 50% completion percentage in that one. Back-to-back L's for Mr. Irrelevant. You have to ask yourself, is he in a rut? Is he in a rough patch? Have defenses figured him out? Is he regressing to the mean? What's going on with Brock Purdy? I don't know. I did honestly expect a little bit of a bounce back here. I definitely wasn't expecting him to throw for less than two touchdowns. That in particular was one of the things we had come really accustomed to with Brock Purdy is he was throwing two touchdowns and no interceptions in every single game. So I thought, especially against a soft Vikings defense, he could get it done. But uh, apparently no Debo Samuel does really hurt his reads or something as in the receiving game, not too much special happened. George Kittle Uh, was the leader with five receptions for 78 yards. That makes a bit of sense. We've talked about it before. Usually if like Debo's out, George Kittle's going to have a big game. Uh, And and, and that's what we saw. Uh, If only he scored a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey was the one who got the touchdown. So Christian McCaffrey, while less than 100%, while all week talking about this injury, not expecting what to get from him, well, he does Christian McCaffrey things. And that's why we said all week, waiting if you have Christian McCaffrey, to see if he's going to play is worth the risk because the potential of him playing outweighs the risk of having to rely on Jawan Jennings, for example. Like, I would just much rather, and hey, and hey, Jawan Jennings, actually, (laughs) five receptions for 54 yards. So you still wouldn't have even been that upset if Christian McCaffrey was out, and that's just how the 49ers offense rolls. Now, the big story, of course, is the is the Vikings as they finally pull off a win? Kirk Cousins especially struggles in prime time every single year. This time it's different. This time Kirk Cousins pulls out the upset against the 49ers and has a really good game outside of an interception and without Justin Jefferson, uh, which which was the concern as we talked about you know following last week's game how this Vikings offense was going to progress without Justin Jefferson in their lineup. Looks like they've worked through the rust and. Jordan Addison is here. 
Jordan Addison, I mean, we've had a few of these false alarms this season of him of him arriving. This, this time, this time is the time that we can safely say Jordan Addison is here. So here we go. Let's go, Jordan Addison. Seven receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. And this is exactly why I had been saying weeks ago, with all the Zay Flowers hype going around, take that Zay Flowers and go get Jordan Addison. You want Jordan Addison. That's the wide receiver you want. And I mean, even with Justin Jefferson back in the lineup, I can't imagine his usage changing too much. I mean, 10 targets is a lot. That could go down to seven or eight. But on this Vikings offense where Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball 40-plus times a game, you want any piece you can get. And Jordan Addison now is going to be, even when Justin Jefferson returns, at the worst, the third pass catcher in this offense. TJ Hawkinson still getting a ton of usage, but Jordan Addison is getting the high-value stuff. He's getting the touchdowns. He's getting the deep shots. His first touchdown catch in last night's game was spectacular. Uh, he's just really, really good. So uh, congratulations to all Jordan Addison managers, people who drafted him over Quentin Johnston, over Zay Flowers. Great, great call in your rookie drafts. I do want to talk about, though, as you know, as you guys know, I'm the last Cam Akers fanboy around. I'm the, I'm the only one. I, I, I'm on an island with Cam Akers, and I've accepted it. It is what it is. I'm still saying to you guys, Cam Akers is going to happen this season. I don't care if it's week 14, week 15, week 16. Week 17, week 18. Cam Akers will happen this year. Alexander Madison is just not that good at football. He's just not that good at football. And sure, Cam Akers might not be that good at football either, but when he is explosive, he's explosive. And Cam Akers yesterday outcarried Alexander Madison and had the same amount of receptions, but 10 times the amount of yards. So both two receptions, Alexander Madison, three yards, Cam Akers, 30. Cam Akers, 10 carries. Alexander Madison, 8 carries. Right? It's it's happening. We're seeing it start to happen. It's going to continue to happen. And at some point, it's going to be Cam Akers' backfield, and he's going to do well with it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I, I guarantee it. It's happening. It is happening. Those are kind of my big takeaways from the Vikings 49ers game. I guess we could give a quick little mention to Brandon Powell. Uh, as I guess we're, this is a waiver wire show. If Brandon Powell's available, he looks like a decent option the next couple weeks. Uh, but, you know, that's more of a deeper thing. You know, good game from him. But, I'm, I'm, I mean, he's not going to surpass Jordan Addison, especially when Justin Jefferson returns. It's, it's basically just going to be those three and maybe whatever running back is coming out of the backfield. Now, Let's uh let let's I guess let's move forward. Let's let's progress a bit. Oh, let me check out the chat real quick. See see how you guys are doing. I see a lot of messages in here. Thank you for tuning in. Let's see. Let's see. Hey, just a bunch of good mornings. Just a just a bunch of good mornings. <laughs> let's see. All right. Waivers. Waivers, waivers, waivers. But before you get into waivers, you've got to talk injuries because that is the number one thing that leads to having to pick up players, right? So these are some injuries that happened this week that I want you all to keep an eye on. Just running through this, Jerome Ford, per Adam Schefter, low-grade, high ankle sprain, will miss one to two weeks. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to say it's probably two weeks, maybe three. Uh, but Jerome Ford going to be out the next couple weeks. We'll talk about what that means as we go through the waivers, uh, but he's going to be out. Deshaun Watson possibly re-injured his rotator cuff. 
uh, head coach Stefanski says, we're just going to take it day to day, which is that same BS that we've been getting fed the past few weeks with this damn injury. I don't know why they can't be transparent about it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they can't just be like, all right, Deshaun Watson's going to be out a couple of weeks. He re-injured his shoulder. I don't know why it has to be so cryptic when it comes to this organization and this player's injuries in particular. It's looking like he's probably going to at least miss this week, if I had to guess. It's not like he played well on Sunday of trying to play through that injury. So I'm imagining if I'm the Browns and I see P.J. Walker lead us to -to back-to-back wins despite poor performances, I'm probably, probably not throwing Deshaun Watson out there based on how he played on Sunday uh, just yet. Get him out of there, let him rest a few more weeks, and then bring him back. But who knows, right? We, we we have no idea what's going on with this injury. Very frustrating handling by the Cleveland Browns organization. Keaton Mitchell, for you for your deeper league fiends out there, like myself, been stashing him in more than a few places. He did get a hamstring injury this week. It is avoided. He avoided the major hamstring injury per reports, but is still week to week. So so take that as probably three weeks. Not four because if it was four, he would just go on IR and they would they would they would be done with it. I mean, granted, he could land on IR. Keep your eye on that. But Keaton Mitchell, we wanted to see it going. He's got incredibly he's very fast. He's very, very fast. And that would have worked in this offense. Same college as Chris Johnson, very close 40 times. Could have been cool. We'll see what happens. I hope he can still break out. Unfortunately for him, Gus Edwards had a vintage game for some reason. So so it's going to take an injury, I believe, for him to actually get some workload. And unfortunately for him, to another degree, it was him that got the injury. So so keep your eye on that. At some point, I do think he will come into the Ravens with a decent role because Justice Hill could get hurt, because Gus Edwards could get hurt. And I do think Keaton Mitchell would, would slide in well there with his profile. Dawson Knox got a wrist injury and will miss some time so look for Don Kincaid to finally get a hundred percent usage be out there basically every snap and dominating for fantasy football it is Dalton Kincaid season officially the only thing that I might be a little bit cautious of is the touchdowns is the touchdowns I don't know if Dalton Kincaid is going to be quite the red zone threat that Dawson Knox is I know that Dalton Kincaid is a little bit more of just a a receiving tight end more so than than a red zone threat get the short yardage, quick kind of plays to to get first downs, to get touchdowns. So that could just be a Gabe Davis thing. That could be a Deontay Hardy thing. That could be a James Cook thing. I don't really know. But I think if anything, it's more so Dalton Kincaid's just going to get three to four more receptions a game is is probably what I would guess. Khalif Raymond, another one for deeper leagues, but still Khalif Raymond picked up a hamstring injury. Not too much to take away here, but he's probably going to miss the next couple weeks. If anything, that means that Jamison Williams will run a few more routes. So so the breakout is still on the table for J-Mo. I'm never giving up. I'm never giving up. Christian Watson, uh, a knee injury. He picked up a knee injury, but don't get too concerned about that. There's not much detail out there, but from everything I've gathered, it's not that serious of a knee injury. If anything, it's a sprain, but it doesn't look like any torn ligaments, if anything. And also, from what I read, he's probably going to at least give it a go this week to see how it to see how he can play through it and everything. And I'm sure it'll be fine. If anything, maybe one or two less deep targets. You know, just try to try to save him. I don't really know, but I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. 
Luke Musgrave, the other Packer, was spotted in a walking boot Sunday after the game, walking out. So definitely something to keep your eye on. It was unclear what the injury was. This came a couple plays after he got the really hard helmet-to-helmet hit. I assumed he would have just gone into concussion protocol, but I guess he got hit so hard in the head that his foot hurt. Um, so I, I don't know what this injury is. There was no information on what the injury is. He was just spotted in a walking boot. We'll continue to keep you updated as the week goes on. Gerald Everett, Chargers tight end, has a quad injury. The severity is still unknown. I would assume he's going to miss at least one week, potentially two, depending on the severity. I'll keep you guys updated on that. But as we'll talk about with the tight end soon, Donald Parham definitely needs to be picked up. And maybe even in these deeper two tight end leagues, maybe, maybe Stone Smart, maybe, but probably not. That's probably, if anything, more of a DFS dart throw. And Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin picked up a, knee, a neck injury and did not participate in yesterday's practice. It's still early in the week, and he's a veteran, so I'm not going to get too concerned yet. But if he misses, say, Thursday's practice, when we discuss injuries again on Friday, that's when the concern will be there. But definitely something to keep your eye on. Trey Palmer could definitely be a good speculative stash. Uh, if he ends up missing, he'll, he'll, he'll have probably a pretty good game on Sunday. So those are the injuries. Keep your eye on those. We'll keep you updated all week. Jerome Ford, Deshaun Watson, Keaton Mitchell, Dawson Knox, Khalif Raymond, uh, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, Gerald Everett, and Chris Godwin. Jack on Instagram points out a great point. Thank you for that. Uh, the Bucks are actually playing Thursday, so, so slightly more concerning about the Monday did not participate. Keep your eye on today's practice for sure, and then Wednesday's most importantly, I would, I would have to assume that this is just going to turn into a game-time decision. And knowing Chris Godwin's history, he'll probably play through it and get a little bit less of a workload. But this is still Chris Godwin we're talking about. So he's still going to be fantasy relevant for sure, especially in PPR formats. Now let's get to what you've all been waiting for. It is waivers time, baby. And as always, just a disclaimer. Don't bid up for a player unless you're starting him. I don't care. I don't care. Save your fab for a player you can actually start and stash players. So so a lot of this, I'm not going to give too much fab advice. I'm just going to name some players, a little bit of reasoning why, all that stuff. And I'm also going to give you some stashes that are going to be free. Those help you more in the long run than wasting your fab on, say, Pierre Strong this week, And even though you're never going to start him over the next three weeks. And then it's just, why do you even spend money on Pierre Strong? I like Pierre Strong. think he should be picked up, but not as an end of bench stash right now. Uh, and also to the same degree, if you've got some bench cloggers now, cut bait. You know, we're, we're seven weeks through the season now. You know who your players are. I think a good name that comes to mind when I think of this is Dalvin Cook. Like even if Brees Hall got injured, I, I'm i never going to feel confident in starting Dalvin Cook. I would assume that Michael Carter's still going to get worked in. I would assume Israel Abanacanda is going to get worked in a little bit. So like a player like that, where even if an injury goes their way, you're still not going to start them. There's no upside there. Just drop them. Let that be someone else's problem. There's there's literally no point. That, that Dalvin Cook, like one example, sure, there's plenty out there. This is the time you really need to look at your bench. Ask yourself, am I ever going to start this player? And then if the answer is no, drop them. Just drop them. Go find some more upside on the waiver wire. So, Jason, speaking of upside, what can we find? And as always, also, just ask some questions. I'll get to it after I run down this, and, and we'll talk about it, you know, more a little bit more personally. But, yeah, 
What upside can you find on the waivers? As always, guys, I don't like to give too much quarterback advice. It's it's way too different, way too many different scoring settings, league settings. If you're in super flex, if you're in single quarterback, the strategies change. If you're in single quarterback, uh, you're on your own. You know what you're doing. You can find a quarterback out there on the waiver wire if you need it. We'll maybe talk about some streaming options or something on Friday, but I'm not really sending you to the waiver wire for anyone. But in Superflex leagues, as always, I do have a few quarterback stashes for you. I do think that Aiden O'Connell, Mike White, Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Jarrett Stidham, Tyler Huntley, Marcus Mariota, and Jameis Winston are the best quarterbacks to stash in Superflex right now. Aiden O'Connell, as he has the athleticism and Jimmy Garoppolo has been struggling to stay healthy, plus Josh McDaniels is going to be coaching for his job and is probably going to have to take some last-ditch effort to, to ignite the team in some way. Mike White, as we always see the injury concerns with Tua, we had the concussions last year. Mike White, if anything happens to Tua, will be a league winner. I mean, that guy throws the ball so much, and if he's going to be throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle, Tyree Hill, and these running backs that are blowing up, I, I mean, I honestly can't even imagine a better quarterback to have in Superflex. Taylor Heineke, as Desmond Ritter continues to turn the ball over, he'll probably get the start at some point. Important to note that the Falcons didn't make a change for Marcus Mariota until their bye week. So if it is to happen, it'll come after the bye week. I'm still of the camp that the Falcons probably won't go away from Desmond Ritter unless an injury happens. But back-to-back -back weeks with three turnovers definitely puts a sour taste in their mouth. It really just depends how many turnovers Desmond Ritter has over the next few weeks. He does have a few good uh, matchups, though. So uh, ask yourself how you believe in Desmond Ritter when it comes to Taylor Heineke. Sam Darnold, just because, I mean, it's the 49ers, the Kyle Shanahan system. If something were to happen to Brock Purdy, I do think Sam Darnold could step in, especially with those weapons. Jarrett Stidham, just because, really, I just I don't believe Russell Wilson will finish out the season. That That's just a belief thing. I don't even know if he'll play that well, but if you need an option, there you go. Jared Stidham definitely kind of more towards the bottom of this list in my head. Tyler Huntley, I mean, we've seen it the last couple of years now. Lamar Jackson goes down. Tyler Huntley, a fantasy-relevant quarterback. So if you've got room to stash a quarterback, why not him? And Marcus Mariota, Jalen Hurts has also missed a few games the past few seasons. Marcus Mariota has the profile to step in and make up for a lot of what Jalen Hurts does. Not going to play as well, of course, and I'll have quite the same ceiling, but still I would uh, I would imagine he would be pretty good for fantasy football. Jameis Winston, uh, as Derek Carr continues to struggle with his shoulder injury and really just not play that well, and the offensive line doesn't play that well, injury always on the table for him, and I think Jameis Winston would be really good for fantasy if Derek Carr went down. Probably not so good for the Saints, but good for fantasy. So I think that those are the best quarterbacks to stash right now. I know I invited my Scott Fishbowl League into today's show. So I hope, you know, I hope they leave some of these quarterbacks available for me because <laughs> I'm definitely struggling in the quarterback department. Running backs, running backs. If Daryl Henderson wasn't picked up, you've definitely got to go pick up Daryl Henderson. He's looking like he's going to be the main option for the Rams while Kyron Williams is out. And I mean, he's probably going to play well. He played decently this week. I don't really see that changing. Pierre Strong, as we talked about with the Jerome Ford injury, Pierre Strong needs to at least be rostered in your deeper leagues. If you're in a shallow league, just don't worry about it unless you're starting him. And I can't imagine you're quite comfortable starting him this week uh, just because Kareem Hunt is still there. Now, if you want to pick him up this week and then wait 
like if you've got like two weeks, like you, you think you could roster this guy, that's fine, right? Like a, a speculative ad with Strong is definitely worth it. He's got a great profile and could be utilized in a great way. But I would like to see that first before spending up. So I, I'm not paying up for Strong, but if I've got the room on my roster, I'm probably going to do it. Amari DiMarcado finally hit this week. He was the main Cardinals running back featured. I assume that that's going to be the trend going forward. If he was dropped, you could pick him up. Again, not spending too much on him. James Conner will be back in a couple weeks. So unless I'm desperate for a running back this week, I'm not paying up for him. I'll let someone else have him. Devin Singletary, as the Texans were on a bye last week, it's possible he remained on the wire. Uh, definitely worth rostering at least to see how that develops on the team. And if you know CJ Stroud starts targeting his running backs a bit more, that will be Devin Singletary. And that Houston Texans offense has been playing really well. So why not get a free piece of that offense? And Latavius Murray, he's still the goal line back for the Bills. Why not? Why not? And some stashes, some deeper players that I think you should be rostering. Rico Dowdle in case Tony Pollard gets hurt. Tank Bigsby in case Travis Etienne gets hurt. Zamir White in case Josh Jacobs get hurt, gets hurt. He actually had a few touches this week. That was nice to see. Cordero Patterson, as we saw with Bijan Robinson not playing this week, Cordero Patterson had a massive role. He will continue to have a massive role if Tyler Algier goes down or if Bijan Robinson goes down. He's still a piece of this offense and still good at football. So I like Cordero Patterson. Zach Charbonnet, not that great at football, but the Seahawks offense loves their running backs. If something happens to Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet will 100% be relevant. Leonard Fournette, as this trade deadline gets closer and closer, so does Leonard Fournette's eventual signing. He will sign somewhere this year, and I would assume it's probably a contending team. So to hold on to him now in the hopes that he signs on a good offense is a great move. And finally, Chris Rodriguez, as we've seen now, Chris Rodriguez is out touching Antonio Gibson. If Brian Robinson went down, it would be the Chris Rodriguez show. And I mean, he would be fine, right? I, I would imagine he would be almost exactly like Brian Robinson, just a between the tackles grinder, getting some yards and sometimes some touchdowns, but definitely worth stashing in case something happens in your deeper leagues. Wide receivers. Jaden Reed, if he remained available, you've definitely got to get Jaden Reed. I, I know that this Packers offense isn't looking that great, but everyone is getting utilized fairly similarly. We saw uh, Jaden Reed get four targets on Sunday. Luke Musgrave got five. Romeo Dobbs got five. Christian Watson got five. This ball is spread around really well. So to just get a piece of it in Jaden Reed, one who keeps scoring touchdowns and contributing on special teams, that goes a long way. Get Jaden Reed. Jalen Hyatt, I think, also is a good pickup. Now, you're probably never going to be comfortable starting him now, but towards the end of the season, you definitely could. Jalen Hyatt has a potential to earn himself a pretty decent role on this offense. He is the field stretcher, and there's always a place for field stretchers in fantasy football. If you're in a pinch, just go with the guy who's fast and can catch one ball for 70 yards and a touchdown. Demario Douglas, we talked about it yesterday. Demario Douglas, especially in your deeper leagues, needs to be rostered, especially in Dynasty, needs to be rostered. He is the next Jacoby Myers, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. He's 
the next late round wide receiver gem that somehow Bill Belichick has stumbled upon. He's a very hard worker. We heard about it all offseason, how much he was working at camp. We saw it in the preseason, the usage he was getting. And we've seen it this season, too, getting some decent usage every game that he's played. So Demario Douglas, I think that that continues to trend up and will be relevant as the year goes on. If Zay Jones was dropped, if someone dropped Zay Jones, he should probably be picked up. He looks to be a focal point of this offense when healthy. The the asterisk there just has to be when healthy. But, I mean, he's been playing really well when in. Uh, score touchdowns in both, both games. <laughs> so, Zay Jones looking like someone that you should probably pick up. He will probably return from injury this week. If not, it'll be next week. Mikol Hardman. It's going to take some time here, but he is working back into the system that he's already a bit familiar with. As they've lost the field stretching option in Justin Watson and Marcus Faudis-Scantling is just not good at football. Mikkel Hardman will probably get his role back within the next couple weeks. We already saw him made a couple big plays uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. He had a great punt return. He had a good first down catch. That'll just continue to trend upwards. Want to get my hands on Mikkel Hardman. Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims. Now, a lot of people have forgotten about him. But he still had some ceiling games this season. They will come again. And especially as the rumors that the Broncos are trading a wide receiver uh, begin to surface as we get closer and closer to this trade deadline, if that actually happens, Marvin Mims will get a huge boost in his usage. So if he was dropped or if he's still available, definitely worth a speculative ad. You don't have to pay up too much for him either. Another player you probably don't have to pay up too much for that might have been dropped. Another rookie wide receiver, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson, he is, and really all the Cardinals, right? If any of the Cardinals wide receivers are out there, like say if Rondell Moore is out there, for example, go get him. I mean, Kyler Murray's going to return here soon, and all of the Cardinals pass catchers are going to get a boost. Michael Wilson is the most uh, prototypical wide receiver on the team. He's still just the most normal flanking wide receiver, out playing out wide, running all the routes. So Michael Wilson will get a ton of usage and continue to play better as the year goes on. Definitely like Michael Wilson. And Jonathan Mingo, the Panthers now coming out of their bye week, as we've talked about a lot. As everyone knows, a lot of times rookies get ramped up out of the bye, and he was already seeing a lot of usage, getting five or more targets in basically every single game. Um, it's uh, I think that that could go up a little bit. LaVishka Chenault got hurt, not that he was taking a ton of targets, but still, uh, and I like Mingo. I do like Mingo. I think that he will end up being fine. If you've got Bryce Young, for example, maybe that would be a good stack to target in your dynasty leagues. Definitely want to trade for Mingo as well. If he's still available, throw like a dollar bid on him. I think you could get him. And finally, Jake Bobo. As we talked about yesterday, do not gloss over Jake Bobo. Yes, we're all excited. JSN broke out. But <laughs> so did Jake Bobo. And he actually outsnapped every Seahawks wide receiver, was on the field more than Tyler Lockett, was on the field more than JSN. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, Geno Smith loves Jake Bobo. He really does. There's There was a sideline clip of him just saying, that Bobo guy's always open. I've got to find him. And then he went out and threw a touchdown to Jake Bobo. I do think that he is a part of this offense, whether you want to admit it or not. I know it's not the most exciting profile, but... He obviously is good at football, and the team likes him. He's a good route runner. He's got good hands. Go get Jake Bobo. And finally, at the tight end position, Trey 
McBride if he's available. Now back-to-back weeks of out-targeting Zach Ertz. If he's still available, you've got to get him again. Cardinals pass catchers, they're going to get a boost. Trey McBride especially getting worked into the game plan a lot more. I like adding him. Cade Otten, still the Buccaneers tight end. Why not? Starting tight end on any offense, you might as well roster him. He's still widely available. Tyler Conklin also widely available and always fed by Zach Wilson. If you're in a pinch, those two guys are fine options. Donald Parham, as we broke down the Gerald Everett quad injury, Donald Parham is probably worth rostering. He's more of a red zone threat. Like he's not going to get the on-field usage that, that Gerald Everett got. If anything, it probably just means more for Josh Palmer. But still, Donald Parham will be looked at in the red zone and probably still a few other extra catches in tight end premium, in two tight end. You've got to get Donald Parham. And finally, it'll happen one day. (laughs) It'll happen one day. Jelani Woods will get activated off IR at some damn point. So get Jelani Woods because when Jelani Woods returns, he's going to be great. None of these Colts tight ends have been doing too great. They've been off and on all season, really. But one thing is clear. The Colts tight end is schemed open and an important part of the game plan for the Colts week in, week out. When Jelani Woods returns, he will be the tight end one for the team. And he will get five or more targets every single week. And with the way Gardner Minshew is playing... That's going to mean great things for Jelani Woods. I mean, just look at what Josh Downs is doing. Jelani Woods needs to be rostered. He will return. And I've even got to say, I mean, the fact that they're taking so much time with this shows that they want him to be 100% because they have big things in store for him. I'm not jumping off the Jelani Woods train. I do still think it's going to happen this season. Love myself some Jelani Woods. Go. Get him. All right. I see a few comments here. That's all the waiver advice I have for you. Let's answer your waiver questions. Dalton Kincaid, uh, Dalton Schultz. (laughs) Add the Dalton tight ends. I like that. No questions. Oh, here we go. Should I trade Amon Ra for the Amon Ra and Foreman for Bijan and Andrews? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Orion. Um, I do like that. I do like that move. Amon Ra St. Brown is fantastic. I love him so much. But when you have an opportunity to trade someone you picked up off the waiver wire, you do it. You do it. And Amon Ra to Bijan, I do think is essentially a one-for-one replacement. And then the fact that you can go from Deontay Foreman to Mark Andrews at a position like tight end where it's so, so thin and you need an elite option to remain competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You've definitely got to do this trade. It's going to sting, but yes. Do we like Trey McBride over Mayer? Yes, I think so. I think so. I know Mayer had that one good week two weeks ago, but I do think that since they've already said that Devontae Adams won't be traded, I do just still think that it's going to be Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and sometimes Michael Mayer. I do think Trey McBride is more locked into a role on the Cardinals. Michael Mayer will happen eventually, but it's probably not this season. And at the very least, you're not going to be too comfortable with it. 
And so I do think Trey McBride has a little bit higher floor and honestly a similar ceiling. So let's let's go with Trey McBride. Are we still holding Keaton Mitchell in Scott Fishbowl? Probably not. Probably not. I know in my league there's a decent bit of handcuff running backs still available on the wire. Keaton Mitchell, I think, kind of fits in that realm. Like I know like Samir White's out there uh and, and like kind of other other ones kind of in that realm um so i think i would just drop him for someone else for now especially since there's no ir it's looking like he's gonna at least miss a couple weeks and then you're just talking about someone sitting in your bench that you can't really do anything with i'm sure that there's some better upside out there it stings i love the upside that keaton mitchell has but i doubt anyone picks him up in your scott fishbowl so yeah i i, I think you could drop him and any reason uh, to hold Khalil Herbert. Yes. Yeah. You do hold on to Khalil Herbert because as we saw with the bears last year, even though Khalil Herbert was playing better than David Montgomery, when David Montgomery returned from his injury, it was still David Montgomery's backfield. I know Deontay Foreman's playing well, but when Khalil Herbert returns, it's still going to be Khalil Herbert's backfield. Mark Pappas asks Deontay Foreman this week on Facebook, uh, yeah, if, if Roshan's not out there and Khalil Herbert will, uh, Khalil Herbert won't be out there. I think even arguably if Roshan is out there, you can roll with Foreman this week. We've still got the, the secret agent man out there at quarterback. So, uh, that, that just means more carries. So yeah, I mean, you, you still roll with Foreman un, until you need to, until you, well, until you don't need to anymore. <laughs> and I see here on Instagram, who could I trade cup for need another quarterback and a solid running back. Uh, if it's single quarterback, I might just, you know, go try to get like a Justin Herbert or a Trevor Lawrence, something like that. And then at running back, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry plus that kind of realm. I would just work within that same market. Nav. If you've got Cooper Cup, look for another older running back that is, uh, you know, a, a good contending piece. Unless you're not contending, unless you're not contending, unless this is dynasty and you just kind of want to get rid of him but it sounds like you are trying to contend. And in that case, I would just stay within that market, try to get an Eckler, try to get a Derrick Henry, uh, maybe just another running back or another like wide receiver, like see if you could get, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would move. I think I would go to quarterback or running back. And I think that those are some good names, like Trevor Lawrence and single quarterback, running back, go for some other old dude. Um, let's see who should, or, is Thielen a must-start going forward? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Until he doesn't get 15 targets in a game, you've got to start Adam Thielen. Um, who could you trade Darren Waller for? I have Kelsey. That's going to be tough. Not a lot of people are going to want to buy him right now. If anything, you've probably got to hold. But I would just send a message to your league mate. Say, Darren Waller's on the trade block. Send me offers and just take the best offer. I, I don't even know if you have to really put a name to it. Just take the best offer for Darren Waller. You don't need to keep rostering right right now. And that seems to be it. That seems to be it. But I do want to agree with Ryan here. Bijan and Jameson killed me this week. This is true. This is my worst week in my Scott Fishbowl this year. I have Bijan Robinson and Jameson Williams in my starting lineup. Uh, it, it was not pretty. It, it hurt. It hurt a lot. It, it, was, it, was, it was hard to watch. But that is fantasy football. And we love it. So <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. This is another fun episode of The Wake and Take. I hope to see you all tomorrow on this very YouTube channel, on the Player Profiler Facebook, on the Player Profiler Instagram, breaking down the market, breaking down some other news from this week, 
as usual on our Wednesday episode. So you guys have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.